Welcome to another episode of Thanks Divorce, where we discuss the lessons, the awakenings, and the gruesome beauty of going through a divorce. And I'm your host, Janine Bell. Hey, y'all, and welcome back. I am so excited to share this episode with you. I am interviewing Tanya Rapley of My Fab Finance, and it's chock full of gems. Let me just say that. That's how I feel about it. It's amazing. I hope you enjoy it. We talk about a little bit about the stigma of single motherhood and how she navigated divorce guilt, what helped her through that. And we talked about the importance of checking in with yourself and having core values and be a great mom. There are so many things in here that it's too much to really preview. And she shared something with me that she hasn't shared publicly yet. So it's giving Oprah exclusive. It's giving Gail King exclusive. I am honored that she felt safe and comfortable to share that information here. If you want to follow up with Tanya, all of her information is in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Thanks Divorce. And I haven't had a guest in a while, but I'm so happy to have the guest I have today. This is Tanya Rapley. She is an entrepreneur, a mother, and the founder of My Fab Finance. And like low-key, like a friend of a friend, like we kind of cool. We are, right. we like each other, we're cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's great to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Janine, who did we meet through? Was it Zarina? Who did we meet through? It was Javonna. Zarina? It was Vanna. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My boo. Yeah. My Vanna. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we have her to thank. Thanks, Vanna. Love you. Kisses. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we met, I remember being somewhere in Brooklyn. I want to say like by Moe's bar, like sitting down talking. I don't know what we talked about, but I know we were sitting down talking for a while. And I was like, I like her. It was somewhere in Brooklyn, those days. Yeah, definitely. And we just stayed in contact since then, just throughout the journeys and everything. It's funny how it seemed like it wasn't long ago, but it was. And Mm -hmm. just the journeys continue. I think that's a good thing about social media is it keeps us connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a great connector. So yeah, you're here. Boom. It's about divorce. It is about life. It's about healing. It's about all the things that are possible through, you know, life's trials and tribulations, but like we're on the upswing. So before we get started, I'd love for you to tell our listeners just a snapshot of your divorce story, divorce profile, as much as you want to share, mostly about like how long you were married, how long ago was the divorce, were there any children and Anything else that you want to share about that? Just to, it's like demographic information, honestly. Absolutely. So um, I have had one official divorce and I'm currently uh, navigating another one. So my second marriage is um, ending in divorce. And first one, like we didn't have any business getting married. We got married after knowing each other for, I met him in July. I moved in with him in September. We were married by December we were wow. divorced by the following July. Okay. So wow. I, I gotta be like, that was my starter marriage. And uh-huh. it, you know, it, it was quick. All of it was quick. <laughs> it, the divorce process took longer than the marriage. Then we were married. Wow. Um, but I, I learned some lessons in that one. And then we didn't have any children or anything like that. Um, the second one, I was, I'm not going to make the same mistakes. I'm going to date this person mm-hmm. for, you know, over three years before I even consider marriage. Me and my ex-husband were dating for six years. 
we would, this would have been our sixth year of marriage this year. Mm. Um, so we were married for five, a little over five years and we have a three-year-old son and that one, they were, they're different. You know, the marriages were different, the different people involved and my ex-husband, both of the ex-husbands are good guys. And my last one was a, a good guy too, but there, I think that it can be challenging sometimes growing, growing with someone or growing up with someone. And if you are growing in different directions and the issues that that poses and the way that those issues impact the relationship and how each person shows up and honors the integrity of their vows. And so, um, yeah, I decided in January of this year that, uh, no, we're not doing this. And I had a lot of guilt around it because now I have a child involved. Now this is my second one, like am I a failure? And um, I had to get over myself and really tap into my joy. And so we're I'm on the journey. I'm on the journey now, but it's been a pretty amicable divorce, pretty mm-hmm. amicable, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There's, there's moments. Yeah. There's moments we have to check and stop back. Like, is this ego or is this mm-hmm. that? Like right now, what are we doing right now? So we, you know, learning. So when you say we check in, we check in with each other or are, like individually? Is this ego or? Check in, check in individually. I'll check him. Mm-hmm. I need to, if I feel like we need to, we need to level set, bro. What's happening right now? Okay. Um, I'll check him. Um, He's checked me before. He'll check mm-hmm. me and, you know, like, He's asserting his boundaries and stuff like that. And so um, that's kind of new. He didn't really have a lot of relationship. And that was part of one of the issues. So it's, it's learning to deal with each other from this place uh, for him. It's like this new autonomy. And for me, because I know I'm a, I can be a overwhelming person in a relationship. When I say overwhelming, like my, you know, I think I, I, I'm not saying I'm like God at all, but you know, like that, um, that will be done. Like, I feel like in my relationships that my will will be done. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be very <laughs> mindful of that. And so, um, you know, he checks me and I have to be responsive with that and like, okay, all right. I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is actually, uh, impressive that you're able to do that for yourself and each other through the divorce. Like it, it doesn't seem fathomable that two people, you know, theoretically on opposite sides of the ring, could check each other but you still have what seems like some level of respect if not friendship where you're able to hey pause and actually advocate for yourself and then the person is actually listening to you and be like oh you're right you might have a point yeah I mean we're reasonable yeah we, we, I, I'd say that I, I'd say that we're reasonable with one another um I think that for him there's a little more emotion involved um than it is for me Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we try to be reasonable and usually even if we're unreasonable, we come back, you know, 24 hours, like a cooling period by, Hey, you know, my bad. I was mm-hmm. just feeling this. So I think that there is a desire, you know, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> we can stop that. That's it. Can stop mid midway. It's fine. <laughs> yep. 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 I'm cool with that. Okay. So that's, all right. So one is one is new and there's one from the past. And that just I've heard people in like the divorce world be like your first your first marriage is like a, the first pancake. You just, you know, got to toss that one out because, you know, that one wasn't <laughs> it was not a good one. <laughs> and the way that you described how fast that thing went, that that was that was whoop. 
<laughs> get these ma- let's get these marriage jitters out. All right, what's this marriage thing about? Okay, let's get the jitters out. That's what it was. Okay. I was like, oh, you said my wife? Okay, I was somebody. I was like, it's my marriage with training wheels, and I don't want to disrespect him or anything like yeah, that because yeah. it, it was definitely a true marriage and everything else. And I don't know if he's since gone on to get married. Me and him don't keep in contact anymore. Our our worlds do not overlap in a manner that it would make sense for us to. Right. But with I know that with my 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 to my second husband, my newest ex, my mm-hmm. second husband, I know that because we have our son, our worlds were overlapped. And so I think that that requires us to be a little more understanding and emotionally evolved than I was in my previous relationship, because mm-hmm. there's more at stake. Yes. Yes. Well, kudos to y'all. And I hope that that um, continues and even evolves in whatever way it needs to as you co-parent moving forward. Um, Thank you, girl. Thank you. You know, that's a prayer. <laughs> that's a wish and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so you talked about gathering yourself and getting over guilt with all of the elements, you know, second marriage, as a child, all these things. What what does getting over yourself look like? And I know you said leaning into your joy, but like, how do we overcome guilt during a divorce? You, you know, so the guilt that I had was the guilt, like I chose this person. I chose this person. Mm-hmm. I chose this relationship. I kind of saw some of the red flags and I continue to proceed. And now I brought a child into this relationship that's going to grow up in a divorced home, potentially a single parent home. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me because my mom and dad are still married. Mm-hmm. And so my parents have been married for 45 years now. And I just never thought I, I never thought I would be a, a, a single parent. Mm-hmm. And so I remember short when I was, when, one of the things that was really helpful for me in navigating the early stages of my divorce was just leaning into my support system, surrounding myself with family, being with my family and stuff like that. Other people who I loved and who loved me. And I went down to my parents' house and I remember being at the park with my son and I didn't have my ring on. And I felt some shame. I was like, I feel like a statistic. I feel like a single parent because mm-hmm. um, I'm here with my child and I'm not married. And it made me realize how much emphasis I put on being a married mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember calling my sister and she was like, so what? Like, you know, your truth, like, you know, your truth. And even if you weren't married to him previously, that doesn't say anything about you. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to get over feeling like I chose wrong, honestly, and feeling like, I chose the wrong partner that I couldn't stay with forever or that couldn't stay with me forever and getting over that guilt and feeling like you should have did better. I was, there's a lot of shooting that I was doing on myself mm-hmm. um, in the, in the early days of the divorce. And so I had guilt around that. And then I had, I don't think I had guilt on choosing myself. I think that's one thing that gave me actual peace. Mm-hmm. was that I realized I was choosing myself. And one of the things that is a really big part of my brand, because I have my fat findings, but I've also built my personal brand around designing a life that aligns with your core values mm-hmm. and allows you to honor yourself is choosing yourself when it's necessary, if that's what upholds your integrity and your honor. Mm-hmm. And by me choosing to get a divorce, it was that I was choosing to uphold my integrity and my honor mm-hmm. and drawing a line of what I would accept and what I wouldn't accept. And that was actually what allowed me to navigate the guilt. It was like, no, you chose yourself and that is okay. Yes, you are the mother to your son. And yes, this is going to change the dynamic in which he grows up in. 
but you have also, you are also important in this situation Mm -hmm. and you're doing what's best for you in this situation. Mm -hmm. And you being in a good place, hopefully will lend to him being in a good place, regardless of the family dynamic or family structure in which he grows up in. And that really helped me navigate some of the guilt that I had. Yeah, yes. Oh, I feel like there should be a round of applause for that part. That is everything right there. The art of choosing yourself and having that empower you and your decisions and like combat guilt, because that is the most important thing. And also being a single mother is not a life sentence. Who's to say you won't be in another relationship later on in life? Like you're, it's, it's still, it, but, but the art of choosing yourself makes that possible to either say yay or nay to that possibility. Yeah, but, absolutely. And, and it is one of those, like, we don't know how it's going to turn out, but you just know you're making the best possible decisions for your life every step of the way. So I really, really. And checking in. Yeah. Yeah. And check it in. And I think that's why my core value work is really important, Janine, because it required me to check in with myself. You know, it required me to be like, okay, are you happy in this area? Are you fulfilled in this area? Are you like, how do you feel in all the corners of your life Mm -hmm. and checking in consistently and um, being able to, you know, we know our truth. Regardless of what we tell the world, we know our truth. Yes, and yeah. we go to sleep with them at night. We wake up with them in the morning mm-hmm. and you can't run away from your truth. So for me, it was really confronting and, um, and be like, nah, girl, stop, stop. Let's, let's honor, let's, let's honor this truth that you have. And it's, it's a journey though. It's a journey. It ain't always easy. I could say that. Yeah. Okay. So what does that look like as far as honoring your truth. I'm, I'm looking for like a timeline. I'm sure every person is different, but like, mm-hmm. you know, you see red flags in the beginning and you're like, well, you know, and then what is it? Is there a breaking point? <laughs> is there like, I'm fed up with myself. What does that look like in terms of like, when you know, you know, like the world knows the version, but you know, your real version, like where, mm-hmm. how do we get to that point where you're like, all right, look, I don't know what I'm about to do. I don't know what's about to happen on the other side of this, but I know what needs to change. Yeah. I mean, you know, without sharing too much about him, because I mean, he, I, I want him to be able to own his side of the story and everything else. That's still my son's father. Um, but there were things that there were just differences in approach and differences of opinion, whether it came down to business and how we interacted in business, whether it was family uh, reliant, um, like, you know, my, his, I have a really good and solid relationship with his family and stuff like that. But we just come from two different, very different families and have expectations of how our partners should interact with our families. Um, and that was kind of a, that was a, a sore spot in our relationship. Um, but the biggest thing was just like one of my non-negotiables was broken. And when I say one of my non-negotiables, I had previously, I had previously wavered on that non-negotiable and, you know, went the therapy route and everything like we're going to fix this and everything else. And it came back around. And for me, it was just like, okay, so we have these other issues and you're forcing my hand by mm-hmm. violating one of my non-negotiables. At this point, I'm wilding if I don't choose myself because mm-hmm. ain't none of this, ain't like if you're violating non-negotiables, like red flags yeah. over here. Like, what am I here for other than comfort? Yeah. What, like what, and when I say comfort, like stability that comes with a two parent, two income household. But mm-hmm. other than that, what, what am I here for if, if these things are issues? 
And so um, that was, I think, that was about two years in the making. Initially, things happened, well, maybe a little over three, because things that started happening um, right around the birth of our son. Mm -hmm. And um, like, so it was about three years in the making. But in January this year was like when I was like, nope, no, we're done. Okay. All right. I appreciate your checking in with yourself and your clarity and even having non-negotiables. Cause I don't, I don't know if women walk into relationships with those types of things. Uh, I think that there's the overall narrative is like, I'm happy to be chosen and I, I, I get what I can get and I'll just deal with whatever is on the table type of thing. But you can walk in or even develop a certain level of like, this is what I'll deal with, what I won't, what I'll accept, what I won't, my needs, my non-negotiables, all of that. And absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like mine developed over time in a relationship. Cause mm-hmm. I think when I first got into it, I was kind of like happy to be chosen. I got somebody, I'm going to be somebody's wife one day. Like this is a man I'm going to marry. Just right. like really happy about that. And then over the course, I started to like, as I came to myself, cause when I met my husband, I was still working in nonprofit. I hadn't really found my voice as an entrepreneur and really tapped into my power. Um, and I feel like entrepreneurship has really allowed me and becoming a CEO has required me to be a leader of a team and being a, more of a leader in my own life. Mm-hmm. And so I've grown as a result of that. So I don't think I had non-negotiables early on. I had nice to haves, but then as time went on and I started to learn more about myself, they started to, they, they started to develop. And I think that can be tricky. You know, when people say they grew apart in a relationship, sometimes people just start to realize what they're willing to put up with and what they aren't willing to put up with. Mm-hmm. And that's part of growth too. Yeah. Especially if you marry someone when you're younger, you haven't really got a true sense of yourself. Mm-hmm. That is part of what comes with it. And I think that that can create a lot of anger in another partner, especially if there isn't an event or something like in my, in the event of my, in, in with my divorce, like it was kind of like, bruh, come on, you already know. But, you know, but I can imagine it would be more challenging for someone where that isn't present and they just kind of have an awakening and be like, you know what, this isn't it. Like, this isn't what I want for myself. And they're like, but what's wrong? It's like, nothing's really wrong, but this is yeah. it. I can imagine yes. that that's so much harder than someone kind of forcing your hand, which is what yeah. happened in my situation. And I talked to my best friend about it when it was happening. And I know that things happen how they should. And I know that God allowed things to happen the way they should because I might have saved had it not been one of my non-negotiables been violated mm. so I'm actually thankful yeah because it actually freed me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes I I am one of the people who no real event happened for my divorce and it was just kind of like I, I I can't stay here and it actually took me time away from the actual marriage to be like, all right, now I can put it into words. Cause before it was just a feeling that I was like, Ugh, inside, it don't feel good. It don't feel good. And it consistently doesn't feel good. And then later on, like seven months later, I had like words to really encapsulate what I was feeling and all the reasons why and da da da. Cause it really was like small moments that add mm-hmm. up to a huge discomfort. <laughs> Um, or small habits, or small tendencies, or small ways of being, ways of thinking, or how things are handled, or whatever. Like those things just add up. So yeah, it could it could definitely seem uh, different from the outside looking in, but from the inside, it's a very clear thing that needs to happen. You know, and that's one. Of it, yeah, yeah, the small things. 
those the small things. And that's one of the hard parts about relationships. You know, when everybody talks about, you know, marriage is hard, marriage is hard. That's what makes marriage hard is that mm-hmm. you decided, am I going to deal with these small things? Am I going to deal with their microaggressions? Am I going to deal with their trauma or their unresolved traumas that they have and how it's, how they show up, how, how I show up in our relationship? Am I willing to do my work so that I can be a partner that doesn't inflict any um, pain on my part as a result of the pain that I'm feeling? And that's where the work comes in. Like the work isn't calling and getting approval to buy a car or calling before you make a big financial decision. The work is those emotional Mm. elements in that um, just really navigating how different you are as people and whether or not you can mesh consistently Mm -hmm. and like create harmony in your household despite these differences. Yeah. That's incredibly hard. That's incredibly hard, especially in this day and age. Like when we got options and we don't got to be there. You know, like I think we think previous generations and mm-hmm. grandparents, you know, my grandmother didn't work outside the household. So it's like, what were your options but to stay and deal with it versus us? We're like, you know what? Absolutely not. Uh, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I am not dealing with this, this friction on a consistent basis. No, yeah. no, yeah. it doesn't work for me. Yes. So speaking of finances, because that is that is very true. It's not just like, do we, we do we are we approved for this thing? Nah, it's like everything underneath it is what really matters. Can you talk? I mean, because we're talking to the CEO, the founder of My Fat Finance here. Tell us about finance as it relates to marriage and or divorce. It, those are two completely different things, but um, they may have like, a, you know, a Venn diagram in the middle and how one might either prepare for or um, just kind of be in alignment with themselves first before going, this is like seven questions in one, but like, Mm -hmm. tell me about finance and divorce or finance and marriage and what we need to look out for as women, the ones who may not be the uh, breadwinner or maybe Mm -hmm. in the home. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is as soon as you start seeing, I mean, honestly, before you start seeing the red flags, you put money aside on your own and finding ways that you can be financially independent outside of your partner. But as soon as you start seeing the red flags, yeah, get your things together. Like start putting things aside, start saving your money, start finding other ways for you to bring in additional income so that you can stand on your own, start looking for solutions. Like, I don't want to say create your exit plan, but be thinking about if this, because you know, one of the things like, it doesn't always happen just for one partner. The other partner might be feeling away, and like you want to be in a good position if that partner comes home and be like, I don't want to be with you no more. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're not the decision maker, the one who decides to end the relationship, you still want to be in a good position yeah. if that person decides that they are tired of, of the issues that you have in your marriage and mm-hmm. they want to be on their own. So I would say always be planning for your financial independence. And that doesn't mean that you're waiting for your marriage to fail or anything like that. That just means always be preparing for your price. Just like we have insurance. We pay for insurance monthly. That don't mean you planning to get sick, but it means that you're putting money aside in the event that something happens. And I feel like for women always, especially once you start seeing the red flags, start putting money aside, start saving. My first marriage, I remember my mom told me, she was like, put something, just, just keep putting stuff on the side for yourself. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was like, mom, we just got married and everything else. But I listened to her. And with my first marriage within one within two days of deciding that I wanted to end the marriage, I was able to move out because mm-hmm. I've been putting money aside. And I was not my fat finance at that time. I only had like $1,200 in my account, but mm-hmm. I was able to rent a room and move into a room for a bit of time right. um, while I figured things out because I had that money aside. 
And so, and like that was $1,200 and granted, I didn't have kids or anything like that, but it was just an example of stuff I've been putting aside. Mm -hmm. And so for me in my current relationship, that meant like really maximizing my business potential, really putting money aside in my business and growing my business to the point. So last year was my most profitable year in business. And that made it easier too, because mm -hmm. I had been focusing on my financial security. I've been focused on putting my money aside. Now that doesn't mean I don't require him to contribute to our child because that's his child too. I don't care how many good decisions I made in my mm -hmm. life financially. You are still responsible for him and you are not off the hook because I made good decisions. Yeah. And so I still require that of him. Um, but I really encourage women to like, once you see, or anybody, you know, once you start seeing the red flags, put it aside. I love when we hear about Shawnee O'Neill and how like Shaq got mad when he found out she had been investing in rental properties on, on the side, outside their marriage. I'm like, good for you, girl. Okay. Good for you for doing what you needed to do so that you left that marriage with, with you know, with some assets and some things and you didn't just leave with handbags, you know, you left right. with some things. So I, I highly encourage that um, for people. And then when we're thinking about what you have intertwined, I remember sitting, <laughs> so funny. I was on this panel and they were talking about marriage and relationships and how you should break up your finances and relationships. And I'm a big part of the, we have our house account. I have my own individual account. You have your own individual account, but we put our money in for the house bills, but we have our own separate accounts. And I think that made it easy for us to walk away from our marriage because we still had our own separate accounts mm -hmm. and he still puts money in the house account for our son. But I remember saying that, like, to this woman, she was like, oh, that means you don't trust each other. You need to co-mingle all your money. Lo and behold, her and her husband got a silent divorce during the pandemic. And oh. I'm like, y'all was over here co-mingling. Mm -hmm. and, and now look, talking about it means you don't trust each other. No, it means like I, I'm keeping an element of myself to myself because things happen. Mm -hmm. And like we have this part that we co-mingle. So, I mean, that's another thing. And I don't know how you have that discussion about how, how do we start to untangle our finances. Yeah. without the person maybe getting a getting like you know like oh what you trying to do you trying to separate yourself from me but if you're in a position where your finances have been separated and you're trying to figure out like are we going to combine them that is a structure that you might want to consider is mm -hmm. keeping some on keeping your own individual accounts and just having that house account and pay the house bills out of the house account because it just made it that much easier to just like move away i didn't have to move his name from my bank account or nothing like that um the only thing we did buy a house together so we're, we're navigating what that looks like in this market. Mm -hmm. And that requires us to communicate with each other about the needs. Like I was like, I'm not moving our son out of his house. He's already had so many transitions. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually, and this is another note that someone gave me and it's like, make your life as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we're like, I want to rebirth and renew and everything else and cleanse my life of that person, new house, new energy, new furniture, and all these things that actually makes your, your life kind of complicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so ease into the changes. So for me, I initially happened, I didn't want to stay in the house that we bought. I don't want to be in this house. I don't want to have these memories. And once I got over myself, I, was, I really realized actually, Tanya, that's the easiest thing for you to do right now. You have a lot going on and go in the direction of ease. Mm -hmm. He's not kicking you out this house. And you guys are on the same page, going the direction of ease. And we had to revisit the conversation because the plan was to sell the house in August. And I didn't want to sell in this market. So we had to revisit the conversation. I had to lay out, I don't want to sell in this market. I, we might be able to generate a good amount of revenue, but that also means I'll be buying at the top of the market. It also means I'll be competing with a lot of other buyers. I don't know what that means for where me and our, our son, where our son 
well, well, I'll be raising him. So I need a little more time and I want to stay here a little longer. And, you know, that it required me laying out the reasons why, but mm-hmm. make it easy for yourself. Get over your emotions and figure out what's the easiest thing for you. Ooh, that is great. I said a lot. You said great things. Um, I'm here taking notes, like always plan for your financial independence. That's every day of the week, every day of your life. Like that, that's a good one. And no, it doesn't mean a job person. If you don't co-mingle, it's actually being responsible, responsible to yourself first. Like that, we don't have to lose ourselves into the relationship. We don't have to do that every single. And that's a red flag there. Yeah. For me, that's a red flag. Yes. If you want me to lose myself in you, that's a red flag. And that, that has to do with your attachment style. Uh-huh. And now we got to have a conversation about attachment styles and codependency, <laughs> because do you want me or is, or am I just feeling a space that you yes. have for yourself? Oh you know, God. like, cause so <laughs> if they pushing you for that, then that's a red flag, honestly. Oh my gosh. Yes. The things you learn once you go through some stuff, you're like, nah, actually I don't need, I don't want you to need me. Like, don't need me. <laughs> that's, oh no, I don't like that. It's too much. But don't yeah. need me. Yeah, we, oh, that used to be something else we would get into. Cause I didn't, I, and I've gone to therapy for quite some time and everything. And um, that was one of the things I felt like I worked through with some of my, my I grew up in a military household and there were definitely abandonment issues. My parents were always traveling mm-hmm. and everything else. And I had to reconcile with some of those issues. And I got to a place where I'm like, I don't need you. I'm here because I want to be with you. Yes. And, you know, that, you know, I think a lot of people have partners that feel the need to be, that have a desire to be needed. Mm-hmm. And if they don't feel like they're needed, then they don't know what purpose they serve in the relationship. It's like, no, you're a like to have. Yeah. So like, be the person that one, somebody wants to have around. Like be the, be the like to have around, yeah. <laughs> not the need, not, not the person that I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of like, in the world of monogamy, because I've been playing over with polyamory for a while, but I'm, I'm over back. But it it can be done. It can be. It, there's a lot of toxic stuff that's embedded in it, and all the expectations and like how it kind of goes down. So my version so far in going into like dating seriously again um, has been like conscious monogamy. Let's do this consciously and like just be aware of the steps that we're taking and like not form these attachments too early and like can we check in on like why that's important to you and why do I need to check in all the time or like things like that Mm because not everything's a red flag but some things are yellow flag let's flag on the play let's have a little side conversation about some of these things so yes Mm -hmm. I did love that uh plan for your financial independence and also ease into changes like that's huge because you know divorce is a big change and you have to go through different parts of your life that are going to change because of it. But if you have a, the lens through which you see things is we're going to do this with ease, that can change everything, everything. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's really great to hear about your awareness through all of this. Because, you know, I only see you online. Like, I'm going to check it in. Like, boom, you did that. Look what you're doing. you over here. You're doing that. Mm, mm, mm. But I never, I've never, you never came across as someone who would just kind of like float through life and like check all the boxes and do all the things. You're a very aware person. And it's, uh, it's nice to, to like hear, refreshing to hear in this conversation. Thank you, Janine. I appreciate that. I really do. And I don't know if it's because I've been divorced before <laughs> um, or because of the work that I do with my fab finance and helping and supporting women. And even, even looking at people's finances are kind of be like, and to hear and just listening to them kind of be like, 
toxic. You don't see where it's going. You don't, you don't see that this is this relationship is not sustainable. Yeah. And we're not putting something aside. And I feel like that also tipped my awareness when I realized that mine wasn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know what, baby, this is not sustainable. Do what you gotta do. Do yeah. what you gotta do. Because it's mm-mm, mm-mm. And I, you know, I, I don't take away from like, and I also want to just continue to say that because I think I, people who know my ex-husband might listen to this. He might listen to this. Other people might listen to it. It doesn't make him a bad person. And I tell him that all the time. Like we, 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 when we were, we were good. Like we, we created a, we were good. Like he's yeah. a good guy and we were good. And there was a lot of joy and a lot of love in our relationship. Um, but I think that there were just fundamental differences and perceptions and the need to do some inner work on both levels that led to some of the issues that we had that were just kind of like, there becomes a point I feel like where there's so many things kind of like, you know, what we need just like, let's just scrap, let's scrap it, mm-hmm. let's scrap it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to keep building on like a shaky foundation. Like, let's just scrap it. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that is essentially conscious uncoupling. Like once you know, like these are the issues and we both can see them and we both know it doesn't make sense to keep going or keep doing this thing so that it's like, all right, you know, we did our best with what we had and then we learned more. And then we learned that that wasn't a good fit and no one's bad. No one's wrong. It's just different. And that's fine. Huh? How do you, do you, how do you, (laughs) I didn't say anything about this question before, but um, when it comes to your son, how do you describe that to his three-year-old like brain? Yeah, that's been interesting. Um, I don't think he still has a concept. He knows there's mommy's house and daddy's house. So right now he kind of knows mommy and daddy don't live together. We had to reframe some things. We'd be like, I want to go in mommy and daddy's room. Like that's mommy's room. Mm. That's mommy's room now, baby. Uh, You're going to daddy's house and daddy has his room and you have a room at daddy's house. And I haven't really explained to him like mommy and daddy aren't married anymore. Um, But I have explained that daddy doesn't live here anymore, but daddy still loves you and you still get to see daddy and hang with him. I think the older he, so it happened when he was so young. Yeah. That I don't know if he completely grasped it, but um, every now and again, like his dad will drop him off and his dad will hug me and he'll come and like hug both of us. Like, oh, my family. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I do know that he's aware of that and he's watching like Peppa Pig and mommy and daddy pig live in the same house and everything. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there will be questions. And one of the things I'm very intentional about with raising my son is for him to maintain his voice and for him to be able to communicate what he likes and what he doesn't like and what he wants and doesn't want. And when it comes time, I have to explain to him that there were things that mommy likes and doesn't like and wanted and didn't want that were occurring in her relationship with daddy. And that is why we are no longer together. But I hope that, you know, and, but we both love you. So I, I want to, I hope to communicate it from the lens of how I, I'm raising him, which is like yeah. someone who owns his voice, walks in, like truly walks in his power and is unapologetic about that. And like, that's what mommy had to do. Mm-hmm. And even taking it further, mommy kind of had to make that decision. So daddy could too. Mm. Like, Cause like I said, I, I know that I can be um, very assertive in my relationship and everything else. And I feel like his dad kind of needed the freedom as well to discover himself without me mm-hmm. involved in the process. So I hope that we can explain that to him yeah. and that he'll, he'll understand. And 
he's so loved though. Like we've really been intentional about surrounding him with love. I think for us, the way we communicate is like making sure that he doesn't feel an absence of love mm-hmm. with the change in our family dynamic. Beautiful. See, just love that. All right. So we got my five, five finance and we are focused on women. And then we're also talking about mm-hmm. life design, which is really intertwined, honestly. So tell us about life design as it relates to specifically women and then like people going through a divorce. Yeah, I'm so happy you, you saw the correlation because it really, that's how I envision it is that with my fab finance, we help you solidify your finances and get to a place of financial stability. But now that you're financially stable, how are you ensuring that you're using these resources and that stability to experience life the way in which you want? Because mm-hmm. a lot of us have been brought up in a way that we are fulfilling other people's dreams and desires for what our life would look like. And we aren't clear on what we want our own lives to look like. And a lot of times we are doing what we think is expected of us instead of what we want to do for ourselves. And so with the life design is let's tap into what your truest aspirations are. Let's tap, tap into what your core values are. Let's tap into what makes you happy and truly drives you and create goals that are aligned with those so that you're truly honoring yourself. Now that you have established some level of financial security and money isn't a constant fear or concern for you. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to divorce, a relationship is a large component of your life experience. Your partner, how they wake up in the morning can impact your day. Like (laughs) if they wake up on the wrong side of bed or they wake up with unable to regulate their emotions, that can impact you. And now you're spending your morning recentering yourself because they were off center Mm -hmm. and that can impact how you show up and how you're able to show up for yourself, especially if that's something that's happening consistently and you're not effectively able to design your life. Sometimes your cover, your partner has a vision that does not align with your vision. They might want to live somewhere or you might want to live somewhere or you might want to be location independent and they might want to keep their nine to five and stay within the city in which they were raised in and you have other aspirations. So you do have to ask yourself, does your relationship foster your ability to experience life the way that you want to experience and the way in which you feel like you were designed to experience it? And that requires courage and for you to ask some hard questions of yourself. And that I feel like for some women, that is when they're put in the position where there's nothing really wrong, but there's everything wrong because I'm not honoring myself. And I was talking to another friend and he was talking about how he felt like he was having a midlife crisis because for so long he spent, he's um, about to be 40 and he spent like his early, his twenties and thirties, just doing what everybody thought he should be doing. And now he's really leaning into his passions, what he's naturally good at and kind of allowing himself to float. And he's like, I feel like, you know, people say I'm having a midlife crisis. I'm like, actually, it's a midlife awareness mm-hmm. because you're actually just seeing yourself as you are without everybody else's expectations. And that doesn't always feel good for the people who are invested in the person that you were previously. Right. So that's where that courage has to be. That's where that courage to choose you comes from. And it's hard. And there's a lot of anger that comes up around it. I think, you know, if I had a friend. And she came and told me, yeah, he woke up and he doesn't want to be with me anymore. And so and so and so, because he, I would feel bad for her because I love her yeah. and I want her to be happy. But then I have to ask, like, are you happy? Or are you comfortable? Mm. And is it worth being with someone who's not truly happy with being with you? Whew. And that, that we really have to, like, we really got to step back and ask ourselves that. And I, that's something that I conditioning, you know, about monogamy for better or for well worse and everything else mm-hmm. how marriage vows are written and everything and it's just like but is this the person to journey with you throughout the entirety of your journey yeah Whew. 
Are you happy? Or are you comfortable? Oh, come on now. Okay. It's different. Comfort doesn't always mean you're happy. No, it does not. Um, people turn out to be roommates and there's no passion because it's comfortable, mm-hmm. but it ain't doing nothing for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's also that they're, they're also, you have to be cautious about that too, that like just seeking and seeking and seeking passion mm-hmm. because that's not always a solid relationship either. It's like, oh, it's so passionate. Okay, but are they emotionally intelligent? Do they yeah. see you? Do you feel safe? Like, what, like that, that's not all you need in a relationship either. Do you feel intellectually stimulated? Yeah. But you have to ask yourself what's most important for your relationships. And I think that for those of us who got married or coupled young, we never really did that work and ask ourselves what was important. Mm-hmm. And we start to learn what's important and learn that that's not in our current dynamic. Yeah. And where do we go from there? Yes. That piece right there is the part that I am or have been describing to my youngest daughter, who's five now, because she's like, why aren't, why aren't we together? And she has a, she has five-year-old guesses as to what the, why we're not together. And I speak about, and the therapist has helped me, (laughs) um, how, you know, because the the, the the zhuzhing kind of answer, like what you will understand is like, I wasn't happy. It's like, why weren't you happy? And so I had to go deeper with that, right? Um, which I feel stumped every time there's another question, but we gonna get through it. And I tell her it's an evolving answer. So as you get older, the answer will change and evolve, whatever, right? But I, I talked to her about like, what was important for me when I met him changed. And so I had to go. And she she'll nod and I, I think she gets it and I think that that's even part of the evolving conversation but that's such an important part of um just looking at relationships in general because that can happen and that's a part of the like growing apart thing as well as you mentioned earlier um and sometimes we don't walk in with what's important that whole I want to be chosen <laughs> but um that that's a part of growth that's a, that's what we want for everybody so to your friend who's you know the man changed your mind or they don't want it anymore. It's almost like good for him for understanding what it is that he wants. If it's, you know, rooted in something healthy, but that's, that's the risk you take when saying I do, that's the risk you take when saying yes to a relationship that can happen. And not everything is forever. Death is forever. That's it. That's just about it. (laughs) But right. That um, it is. Yeah. My little sister. And it's interesting because I think about whether or not I'm going to get married again. Mm-hmm. and my little sister was like I don't think you should <laughs> and she's like there's gonna be so many other iterations of you and mm-hmm. she's right there mm-hmm. are gonna be so many other iterations I can meet someone now who I am today and if that person doesn't have the ability to evolve with the woman that I'm going to be in 10 years yeah and we're gonna be we're we gonna be in the same place we're we gonna be you know so it's kind of like yeah I think I think you are right um and it's interesting that you said that you explore our you know you explore polyamory Cause I don't know what I want to do. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what dynamic that I want to be a part of yet. And I don't think I have to know right now at this stage. Mm-hmm. It's still so new and so fresh. And I have to read it. I have to, one of the things I've enjoyed the most about being um, navigating divorce is seeing myself outside of my relationship again. And yeah. allow it. Like when I, I was very loyal in my marriage, um, I didn't even like go out to lunch with men who, 
who I thought might be interested in me and everything. And I was very loyal and allowing myself to see myself through, the, through other people. Like, oh, girl, you, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> you're 38, but you still pull. Okay. <laughs> like, and it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice. It is nice. Um, and not to have any responsibility in anybody, especially for me as an entrepreneur, one of the things mm-hmm. I also enjoy about it is that I can be unapologetic about porn, doing my things in my business. As long as my son is taken care of, mm-hmm. I can be unapologetic about everything else. Like, nah, I'm, I'm really focusing on my business and I'm doing what needs to be done. And I'm pulling this all nighter and I don't got to worry about like what you need. I don't need to worry about feeding you. I don't need to worry about having sex with you. Like, I don't got to worry yeah. about none of that. All I got to worry about is myself and I'm enjoying being selfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Good for you. It is. I mean, there is a sweet spot. Like there's depending on how the relationship or how the, you know, how it ends and divorce and all the things, it it can be very rough, but there becomes a sweet spot of like the upswing of like possibility and just mm-hmm. observing and being in this new space that you haven't been in a while. And what's new, what's different, what what can happen now. Yeah. That's that's my. Favorite. And I don't want to frame it, Janine. Like I was all like, "Oh, honky dory!" Like, girl, your girl was depressed. Yeah. Even, even having, being the person who made the decision. Yeah. I still cycle through it. And I don't know if it was depression. I remember I would wake up and I was like, I just feel sad. What is this? Is it depression? Is it grief? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just waking up and feeling sad for like weeks. And, um, but my thing was like, I'm not gonna run away from it. I'm gonna feel through it. I'm gonna be curious about it. I'm gonna explore these feelings. I'm gonna journal about it. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna write things out. I'm gonna face them. I'm gonna cry if I need to. And I'm not gonna try to fill this space with anybody else. I'm just gonna walk through this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was also really helpful with my healing journey um, because I just allowed myself to feel through it, even if it didn't feel good. And it's like, Mm-hmm. what is this but I definitely want to say that the, the optimism did not come until a couple months down the line after I allowed myself to properly grieve the dissolution of what I thought my relationship was going to be mm-hmm. thank you for thank you for that that's real um yeah I don't want people to think oh she walked away and she was happy why do I feel so sad no no your girl was down <laughs> she was down I really had to but I it, it like I said I remember just waking up laying in bed I was like when am I not gonna feel like this anymore mm. like when am I not and for me the, um I felt, kind of felt like all right well if I just say we can be together that ends this pain mm, wow I don't feel this pain anymore if I just go ahead and say okay let's just work it out let's just go to therapy I was like is that really the answer mm-hmm. that's not really the answer so girl you gotta sit in this you guys sit in it yeah and look at the timing of me coming to you like hey you want to do my podcast huh what's yours the hell you want to come on <laughs> um had i done- this is the first like i mean i feel like i haven't officially introduced it to the uh, announce it to the world yeah. so i feel like when this podcast drops hey y'all ah. get a divorce <laughs> wow look at the exclusive i feel like oprah I feel like gail <laughs> this, this is an exclusive <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate you even more. Um, yeah, had I come in like January, February, March, you know, it would have been a different, whole different story. Different vibe. Divine timing. Divine timing. Um, so yeah, you, you, you are something, something great. Oh, thank you, Janine. So are you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So yeah, that is 
Wonderful. I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate your clarity and your awareness and you're able to, to say it so clearly and you're so present. So I, I, I want that for you forever, honestly. And I'm sure that, you know, our internet nephew will be just fine in the hands of those two wonderful parents. I don't know why I keep thinking about him, but like, I don't know. I wish. <laughs> I hope, yeah. uh, I, I just feel like through talking through you, like he's going to be all right. That's how I feel about it. Like, that's how I feel. Good. That's, that's, <laughs> I go hard for him. I really yeah. do. Okay. So uh, we're coming up on an hour and I want to be respectful of our time and such. So I'll ask you to let us know where we can find you because, you know, you're full of gems on this podcast, in this podcast space, in this little world over here, my corner of the internet, but where can they find you to get more and uh, some more of your gems? Yeah, absolutely. So my my corner on Instagram is Tanya, Tanya with O-T-O-N-Y-A dot Rapley. Um, my last name is spelled R-A-P-L-E-Y. And that's kind of like, the, that's, that's where everything is. That's where everything starts. That's where you find out all the information about all the things I'm working on, the courses, my Design Your Life Weekend is coming up in October of 2022. And that's my mm-hmm. signature event where we bring women together um, who are focused on designing the life of their, on their own terms. And so I'll be doing that signature event in October. But um, I love connecting with people. I love sharing. I love empowering through my story. My Fat Finance started out with me being on my own financial freedom journey and turned into an educational platform to empower others to make financial decisions they're proud of. And I feel like my personal page is really about the woman behind that and the decisions that occur. And like, I, I, you know, I'm Owning, owning the journey and really finding what makes you happy and having the resources you need in between because you still need people, you still need resources, you still need mindset, you still need reminders and everything else because it's not like I make the, this decision once and then it's auto, on autopilot. No, you choose yourself every day. Yeah. And how do I, I my goal is to remind, remind people of how to choose themselves, how to become them, if they feel like they're a multi, multifaceted individual, giving them pre- permission to be that. Um, responsibly in a way that allows them to still progress forward towards their goals, but honor the different elements of themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that and creating that space for women in all the ways that you do and being, uh, you're, you're living it out in real time. Uh, and it's beautiful to watch and witness and be inspired by. So keep on, I support everything that you do. And I believe my listeners, wh- whoever's coming for this, needs all of whatever you got like (laughs) or could benefit not that you're like but could benefit from all that you are talking about specifically about life design like that is where it's at because divorce is such a space where you have an opportunity to design everything for yourself moving forward with with everything behind you you can look forward to create anew so uh, I highly recommend if you haven't heard it in my tone already Highly recommend uh, following up with Tanya and all that she's doing. And go holler at her in, in October. Uh, that's my ask. And if you go, tell them that Janine sent you. <laughs> tell them Janine sent you. I feel like I need a divorce panel. I need a, no, I need a, you know, and, my sister, we were talking about the things that are most popular, like on, on YouTube and everything. And to tell you how so many people are searching for love. So many people are searching for love and like, I don't want to discourage nobody who's searching for love. 
But there needs to be a space for women who like, oh, this love didn't work out the way I thought it would, or this mm-hmm. love wasn't healthy, or this love doesn't feel good, or this love doesn't feel loving. Yes. Women need that space too. And so, I mean, I would, I would love to have a thanks divorce panel. <laughs> or thanks divorce fireside chat at Design Your Life Weekend, because there are going to be some women who say, I don't feel like my relationship that I'm in serves where I'm going. Mm. And that's a really... Well, it's a hard decision to make. It really is. Like it's, it is. So thank you for the work that you do. And hopefully that, you know, somebody who's listening to this and kind of was on the fence or feeling guilty about realizing their relationship isn't serving where they're going or that their partner is honoring them and they're trying to figure out what their next decision is. We, I hope that, you know, we, we create a space for you to feel through what you need to feel through and make the best decision for you mm-hmm. and your family. I agree with that. I remember there was a, comedian that said something about like you married at one level and you should have passed on that one like you should have like dated that person but not married but like date here but keep going like don't marry because you're stuck on this level you never grew out of that one and I was like and it was just like a three second thing he said and I was like that says a lot sir <laughs> um I might have gone mm-hmm. on the heads but that was a lot that was a word and that sometimes happens um mm-hmm. And uh, I posted recently, I'm reading, I'm always reading uh, Women Who Run With The Wolves. And that book is all about like tapping into your inner self and tuning in on so many levels. I don't want to get into that book, but it's my favorite thing. I cannot get through that book. I'm trying. Maybe I'm in a different stage of my life and I can get through it now. I tried it like three years ago and I was like, woo. It's dense. (laughs) It's dense. It's very dense. I am one page in and this is a lot. So I might try to read it again. It is a lot. It is. And my friends told me he read it three times. I'm like, that's a lot. I'm, I'm on like a, hundred, a page, a hundred of something of, I don't know, maybe 500 pages. I just tap in whatever I can. I'm not even committed to, we're going to finish this by <laughs> in a month. No, it's too dense. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to say about your conference? Oh yeah. If you want a fireside, hit me up. I'm there. Um, yes. Yes. And the whole thing about like relationship advice that you might see on TikTok or wherever, I just wish we just stopped giving out relationship advice because it's creating expectations and it's doing too much. And I think the focus should be on what do you need in your life? What do you focus like? What do you, what are your needs? And then see what matches that out there. Not you need a man who did it. You need a woman who does this. Like, no, turn it inward. <laughs> That's all that really matters in the beginning, middle and end of your life. Like, you yes turn it inward and make sure you did your work Mm. like make sure you did your work before you start like imposing expectations about other what others should do and should be for you because that's something else is like you know we think about some of these relationship experts and everything else like how how much work have you done how much self-work have you done on yourself because now I feel like you're projecting you know uh-huh. regardless of what people may feel like rest in peace to Kevin Samuels yeah. but for me I looked I was like he has not done his work mm-hmm. and he is projecting and you know before you be absorbing what other people got going on like do your work mm-hmm. do your work and and Ooh. be discerning be because dis- like you you discerned quickly about Kevin Samuels everybody anyone can see it but like be discerning of where you get your information from but also do your work before you go spewing out stuff I 100% agree because and people all- can do there's people can have valid points, you know, sometimes that, that, that's not to say that because someone hasn't done their work there, it discredits everything that they say, because yeah, yeah. there can be some, there, there could be some valid points that come out of their communication, but mm-hmm. still, 
Still. 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 <laughs> so true. All right. Uh, my last little tidbit from you that I would love for you to finish the sentence. Thanks, divorce, for blah, 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 whatever your, your response is. Thanks, divorce, for helping me realize that the end of a chapter is not the end of my story, that I can still recreate myself and continue to design a life that I feel um, aligns with who I truly was created to be. And it's a part of my story, but it's not the end of my story. All right. Yeah, I felt that. That's beautiful and so true. So true. It takes a lot to, to make the decision. And it, it, it takes it takes something to rebuild too, but like just to know that it's possible. It's very, mm-hmm. I found that to be true with like entrepreneurship. Like my first business didn't go so well, but I learned so much about how to move forward. That's the same for relationships <laughs> in anything. Same, same, same. Yeah. You learn lessons and then you just apply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my this this is my divorce announcement. <laughs> <laughs> announcement. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing with me and your candid conversation and being vulnerable and saying all the things. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for creating this again, Denise. My absolute pleasure. Again, y'all can find her. Everything starts at Tanya Rapley on Instagram, and then you'll find everything else from there. And until next time, thank you again for listening to another episode of Thanks Divorce, and I will see you next week.